0: Ladies and gents, welcome back to the Relax Running Podcast. Tyson Popplestone here. Super pumped to have you, uh, have you back on board for another week. Uh, hey week, that's worth tuning in. Really, uh, really good conversation here with a man who's been a mover and shaker on the Australian running scene over the last eighteen months. His name is Isaac Hain. He is a twenty-two-year-old middle-distance athlete from South Australia, training with Team Tempo. ...under the guidance of, uh, of the great man Adam Diddick and really good to have him on the show. It was uh, amazing just to be able to pick the mind of a bloke who is well and truly on the rise and hey, well beyond his years in terms of knowledge he has around running performance. And uh, as we talked to him, it just turned out to be no surprise that we've seen such huge breakthroughs in his running. So uh, I know you guys are going to enjoy this. Make sure you shoot him a little bit of love over at Instagram. Keep your eyes on his results over the next few months because uh, I've got a feeling we're going to see some pretty big things continue to happen. Um, another little reminder, uh, if you are a middle distance runner, if you're a long distance runner, an AFL footballer, a soccer player, jump over to relaxrunning.com. We've got training programs um, and exercises to be able to help your running performance go to a new level. So I, I won't say too much about that for the, for the sake of time, but jump over to relaxrunning.com. Check out the, uh, the field of your choice, but for the time being, this is myself and Isaac Hayne talking a whole heap about running and just a little bit about comedy. Enjoy. Uh, did you did you already train this morning, or, or what's on the schedule for today?
1: Um, I'm heading to to Brisbane tonight, actually, because the um, Brisbane Track Classic, the 1500s on tomorrow. Um, so, yeah, it's just sort of like packing a little bit and uh yeah yeah just yeah it's all you know in and out really like off to brisbane tonight and then coming
0: back sunday morning so yeah yeah awesome man i'm so glad like uh, we were just talking about it before i hit record but for those of you listening me and isaac i reckon have been trying to to organize a podcast for about the last 12 months um adam adam his coach messaged me and he's like hey i got a i got a great bloke for your podcast um, a couple of funny stories to tell as well. He goes, so reach out. And then for whatever reason, me and you, we just we haven't had the best. Like I've just been watching your, uh, I've just been watching your progression take place over the last twelve months. So I'm, I'm kind of excited about the fact that, uh about the fact that we didn't get to do one earlier because it means we've got a whole heap more to talk about right now. Um, but mate, it's a it's been a bit of a wild ride for you the last twelve months. Hey, the the progress is it's sort of blown my mind. Has how's, how's your headspace with it all? Yeah, no, it's definitely, the progress has definitely come a long way. Yeah, probably like
1: the last 12 months especially. Um, yeah, because like I only joined Adam's group, like Team Tempo, back in like November 2020. So, you know, I've only been part of the group for about 18 months. And like as, as soon as I joined, like I knew that it, like that environment was what was going to make me better. Um, but then, yeah, it probably took a few months for like things to, things to click and then... Um yeah, Adam's brilliant like that. like yeah, just the last 12 months, each performance sort of builds on the next one, you get that belief a little bit more. Um, but yeah, like I I definitely knew I, I could do what I've done in the last 12 months, but I wasn't ever sure that you know I'd get there. Um, so it's it's nice to actually sort of you know have those goals and then tick them off. Yeah.
0: It must be unreal. I, I, I get so jealous and, and a little sentimental because, I was in South Australia in 2006. That's where I first met Adam. I uh, I just started being coached yeah. by Sean Crichton. And and Sean said, oh, I've got an athlete over in South Australia. And uh, as, as amazing as Sean was as a coach, I uh, I could tell straight away that Adam had something special. Because I think I was 19 at the time. He was 25. And he sort of just took me under his wing. So he uh, I knew yeah, he yeah. had a whole heap of knowledge. And at the time, I, I was mind blown by the fact he had ran 349. Uh, for 1500 that got me all excited but mate you, you look at the group now not not only uh, not even just the girls but the boys as well who have you got you got maddie clark yourself max stevens um uh, yeah Dan canala you throw him in there um,
1: yeah. yeah um adam, adam goddard as well he's a junior that's sort of up and coming and then um we've also got i think he just won the under 18 1500 at nationals John and he's a bit of a man child but he's, he's one to watch out for he's very impressive
0: yeah. Yeah. I might have to have a chat to him. I still get, I still get a little bit awkward around man childs. Cause I had to race a few of them when I was 15 and uh, it terrified me. It terrified me how quickly they ran. Mate, what's the, um, what, what is the current setup? So obviously you've got yourself onto a real sweet thing and you just sort of touched on the quality of the group that you've got there, but uh, walk me through some of the dynamics there. Cause I, I know Maddie Clark and Max Stevens are a few years older than you. Are they, are they playing mentor role? Cause I know now you're, you're running faster than them in a lot of events. So it's, uh, it's going to be like a, it's going to be a weird dynamic taking place out there on the training track, is it? Yeah, yeah. Like
1: I think, um, so I live with a couple of the other athletes from Team Tempo. So like Lockie Scott, um, Caitlin Adams and Lachlan Henney. Um, and so again, I'm, I'm the youngest in the house, but we all sort of add a little bit to the group dynamic and everyone's got their own little individual bit that sort of makes, you know, the, the house what it is um and then i think it's the same out at the out at the, the group as well with team tempo so you know I might, I might be a bit younger than um you know max and clarky but that, that just means that i've got a lot more that i can learn from them because they've been through that stage that i've been through you know that sort of you know trial period where you're going from a junior to a senior and everything that that entails so i try and learn as much as i can from them but then because I'm younger as well, I can sort of, you know, get away with it a little bit, a bit more, and um, yeah, you know, I, I just try and be, you know, like running's about as fun as it gets. So you know, like when things get a bit serious, you know, uh, someone's got to lighten the mood a little bit. So you know, that's you know, not saying that's my role and that's what I do all the time, but you know, that's something that you know I think I can contribute to the group, and we all just sort of push each other in in training as well, but also hold each other back when we need to. So. Um, the way I used to train before I joined the group was I, I had to win every rep. And like, you know, if you're doing say 2400s, I had to win 20 of them. And if I won 19, you know, that was, you know, I'd, I'd stuffed up the session and then training with guys like Max and Clarkie, like we've, it's taken me about 18 months, but you know, like we're, we're sort of like, we take turns and I'm happy to take the seat. And I get more out of my training as a result. But then at the same time, when, when we need to push it a bit, then yeah, you know, I'm there off the front. We all have bits that we yeah give and take. I think.
0: Yeah, yeah it's a, it's a really interesting point, man. And and there's a lot of there's a lot of runners of all levels who listen to this podcast. And I, I get the vibe that there's quite a few new athletes. And that's one thing that a lot of athletes struggle with is is that ability to be able to go okay, like I'm really going to work hard now, but also that ability to say okay, no, no, it's it's quite easy. Uh, it's really important I pull it back because it sounds like you understand as well as anyone. And and maybe what are you? Twenty three. 22, yeah. 22, yeah. So I reckon, I reckon you're a couple of years ahead of me because I, I, actually, no. Moving to Adelaide, maybe when I was about 19 or 20, I started to appreciate that difference in, or, or just the strength that comes with holding yourself back a little bit as well. Um, but was there a particular, yeah. like, was there a change of headspace for you that made you realise that, all right, this is obviously a sport of longevity. The improvement doesn't just come in in those really hard sessions, but also in in tapering it back. Because I don't know much about your history with with injuries or is, or is that just pretty much been uh, been highlighted to you at uh, the importance of, of backing it off a little bit from the boys in the group?
1: Yeah. Oh, I think um, my sort of journey through like juniors is probably like the classic, like uh, for want of a better term, like that classic ret runner or someone that's new to running. And I, you know, lace up my shoes, head out the front door and just run as hard as I could for as long as I, as long as I could. And, and then, You know, that does get you better really quickly, but it sort of turned into me. um, You know, I was sixteen or seventeen, and I was doing every day really hard. You know, I was doing my, you know, I'd I'd have my sessions on like Monday and Wednesday where you're doing flat out track intervals, but then on Tuesday and Thursday I was going out the door and doing like my twelve k runs at three twenty pace, and and then and then my you know my long runs on Sunday I'd be doing you know eighteen k's in an hour and. And then, yeah, then I was ending up injured all the time. So I'd have these patches where when I was competing, things were going really well because I was so fit because I was smashing myself. Um, but then I'd just get injured and have to start from square one again. And so, look, I, I don't think I'm ever going to live this down, but it was just before that tattooed race that I did um, back in 2019. So um, it was it was a national 5K um, and I, I pretty much missed the whole season um, because i would had a tibial stress fracture and so you know I had like a real small chance at you know actually getting myself right for nationals I thought or oh, stuff that everyone's telling me to run slow like maybe I do just hold myself back and take it a bit easier and yeah once that sort of clicked and I was like like geez this actually works like I'm the biggest advocate for it. Like, you know, easy days, are the, like for anyone listening at home, like if you're new to running, take it as easy as possible um, because
0: that's the way that you get better and you stay in it for the long term. It's such a great point, man. It's such a great point. It's funny. I always tell the athletes I coach that that your easy days is a chance to go out and run at a pace you'd be super embarrassed to be caught running at. So if you go around and you see a mate and you're not embarrassed to be seen running at that pace, you're going a little bit too fast. And it's so important, isn't it? Because obviously there's, I'll talk to you about the structure of your training and stuff in a minute, but uh, I know a lot of, I know a lot of athletes out there will do sort of two or even three really hard sessions or or two pretty hard sessions and a decent session, but just that recovery period in between, like you're not going to be able to hit that quality kind of work ethic if on the, on the Wednesday runs and the Friday runs or whatever you're having your easy days on a, I like what you were saying. You did when you were a younger guy before you were before you had sort of broken through in the the knowledge department of of the running world, um, going out and just smashing yourself. But it's how true is it, man? That the easiest thing to do is is just feel like improvement only comes through that. No improvement comes through the rest. But uh, mate, I wish if there was one if there was sort of one lesson that I could implant on everyone I work with. It's because the distance running world, we're a little bit OCD. Like we're good at going out <laughs> and doing the training, but we're not so good at going, right. all right, well, today's an easy day, but it's because of that offers benefits to my actual running performance in the long term. Uh, it's, a, it's a really good point, man. Dude, I actually, um, it's the first time we've talked, so I don't, I don't know a lot uh, about your history. I, I, all I know about you is some of your PBs, and I, re- I reckon even a few of those have been done up recently, so I might be <laughs> out of touch. But uh, how, did you, how did you get involved with Team Tempo? What inspired the move to, to go over with Adam? Obviously now we know him, He's a, but anyone who's looking for a coach, I always say, mate, he's he's your man. But I'm always curious to find out uh, why people go to Adelaide rather than uh, Melbourne, which was always like a pretty hot option for a lot of up-and-comers.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I've, I've always lived in Adelaide. Um, and so I was getting coached um, by Peter Dean. Um, so he was a, um, a coach through Pembroke, one of the schools here in Adelaide, and I'd been with him since I was about 13. Um, and then, um, yeah, yeah probably back in
0: 2020
1: um, I'd I'd got work at at the running company um, which was just to help me you know get through uni so again there's plenty of running companies across Australia but yeah I was one in Adelaide and then I was working with um, you know Caitlin Adams there and um, yeah I I was sort of you know I was looking to move out and um, she said oh you know like I'm you know I'm you know moving into this spot Um, and so then I, I was like cool like that sounds good so I moved in with her and then um moved in yeah like I said with Lockie and Lockie and and so all three of them were with Team Tempo and um I, I wasn't um so I was still training with Peter and um I just realized that like I sort of realized you know I was talking to them about their training and again I was ending up still injured and then I was looking at how they were running like actually what they're doing works and it makes sense um and so I just thought like why not like Adam you know like he's got the track record, and um, you know I, I wanted new like new training partners and that just yeah it just seemed right at the time and obviously like it was it was a difficult decision moving from a coach that I've had for you know seven or eight years and we would had achieved a fair bit together um, but yeah it was a bit of that like jump in the deep end and be like well I think this is the right thing for me but I'm only going to know if I try it mm. um, and so yeah yeah and and I think like um, funnily enough, um, me and Adam had actually uh, we had a bit of a bit of an interaction probably about six months earlier before I'd, um, before I'd said, "Oh, can I join?" Where um, he might have mentioned this to <laughs> you, um, but um, yeah, you know, as distance running tends to be, it gets a bit political, and a few coaches don't get on, and so um, I had written some, like in hindsight rather unsavoury things um, about him in an application to Athletics SA. Um, but then, yeah, we'd sort of had a meeting and I bought him a bottle of wine as an apology. And I, I realised as well, it was like, like he's actually not the bad guy that everyone in South Australia makes him out to be. Um, and I was like, like just the time that he offered me was it, like really gracious and, and generous. And then that's probably what kick-started the, oh yeah, the group's actually... Something good going for them as well, so yeah, it was probably like a six month lead up. Um, where yeah, just that seed was planted, and then yeah, it took you know, moving into a house with three other team tempo athletes and seeing what they were doing. Um, and then yeah, from there, I joined and I, I haven't looked back. Yeah,
0: that's awesome, man. It's interesting you say that. It's interesting. Adam is a he's one of the most he's one of the best mates you could have, and one of the best coaches you could have in the sense that once you get past the fact that you know he's going to tell you exactly what he thinks of the situation and he's got your best interests at heart and he's not trying to hurt you, he's trying to help you, I think it's – I feel like that quality in a person is really misunderstood, isn't it? Like uh, so many of us, and probably myself in too many degrees, are probably not open enough and honest enough with some people that I should be. Whereas with Adam, uh, because he wanted to say, especially with my running, but not even just limited to my running, just various areas of my life when I moved there, uh, he pulled me aside. He's like, look, Tice." I don't know if anyone's talked to you about this, but I'm going to tell you right now, there's you can do this better. And the good thing is, you can you can have the chat back to him and go, I disagree. And he'll go, Okay, convince me you're right. And I go, Okay, well, I'll try, I'll do my best. Then you can be... and he, as you said, he gives you all the time in the world to be able to navigate it. But I think when you're not close to a person like that, or you haven't had the time to really get to know it, it can be quite intimidating, quite confronting. So I think that's probably a part of his his, his character, which is really misunderstood. But his athletes who who actually know him personally, know how well he's got the best interests at heart. And and now, man, like it's it's so interesting, isn't it? Like, as you said, you noticed the track record he has, it speaks for itself. You can have all the talent in an athlete in the world, but if you don't get being properly guided through your training. And um, one thing I loved about Adam as well, and still do, is he's got a great knowledge on mindset, just the psychology of performance. And I was curious to pick your brain because I was, I was a couple of years younger than you, as I said, when I first met him. And that was one area that I think he really helped me with. He he pulled me aside and he goes, all right, Ty's like, um, let's have a look at how these areas of your life are playing out. Have you guys done much of that together, that balance between psychology and running and the other areas of your life, which sort of all lead into running performance?
1: Yeah. It's funny you say that because it just clicked as you, as a couple of things that you've said about how probably like my last 12 months have, you know, come, come really good. And, and, um, there were a couple of 5K races last track season. There was the Box Hill Burn 5K and and then the National 5K. Um, and, and yeah, I, the Box Hill Burn was, by no means was a, was a bad race, but it wasn't quite what I wanted. And, I, I, you know, Adam called and said, you know, how are you feeling? And I was just like, Adam, what's going on? And I, I spiraled. It was a bit of a mess. And then 10 days later, did the National 5K. I ran even worse. Um, and I was just – I wasn't – coping with how how badly I was running and so Adam was like hey look like let's go go see someone so he recommended um uh, a sports psychologist Chris who I've been seeing you know on, on and off for the last um 12 months um and again Chris works closely with Adam so Adam's in the loop about everything that's going on and yeah it's something that I've always known is important but probably haven't quite tapped into as well as i have and so i think yeah the last 12 months performances speaks for itself really and that you know that's when i've started seeing chris and started working through you know how i feel about running and sorting out again like you said every other area mm-hmm. of my life as well so that it's not only making me the best athlete i can be but the best person that i can be to deal with like whatever challenges get thrown away mm-hmm. um and i think some of my best races as well have happened after. I've had really like really crappy weeks um so for, for example uh the Launceston 10k back in June you know I was, I was in hospital the the weekend before that so um it's just like I, I wasn't sure I was going to make it through the race and then I just stood on the start line and instead of being terrified that oh man like you know I've had the worst lead up it was well let's see what we can do and if I get to 7k and I have to drop out like that's okay and then that it's really freeing um and, and so yeah just having you know these little strategies to work with things that come along the way have probably contributed um massively to yeah just having those really consistent performances and and by no means it doesn't work all the time or sometimes i still rock up and I have a terrible race but it, i'm just better equipped to deal with it absolutely
0: yeah awesome man so what a, like obviously just that freedom that came with the the fact that there probably wasn't too many high expectations on yourself in law system which was probably i don't know if uh, in my eyes i think was that your big breakout race because i know there was a couple of lead-up races to that performance which were pretty incredible as well but i remember seeing was that the one where you beat did you beat gregson and you beat uh was it jack bruce i'm trying to remember oh
1: that, yeah, that one was the, the Bernie 10. I had a couple of uh, 10K wins in. Sure. Yeah, so Lonnie, Lonnie was in June and then Bernie was in October, I reckon. But yeah,
0: yeah I was yeah, looking Yeah, okay, so to, it was all around the same sort yeah, of time. February. I was getting confused. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was just going to ask you because, uh, like, obviously there's a lot of freedom. I know that feeling of, of just being able to get out there and run well when there's n- not, like, the world of expectation on your shoulders. But what were a couple of other things that, that Chris helped you with? Was there anything that... Is Chris? A, it's a weird, like not weird, but it's a guy's or a girl's name. So, am I talking about a guy? It's a or guy, a, yeah, yeah, a guy. Yeah, I didn't yeah, want to, yeah, didn't want to yeah. start saying her if, yeah. uh, if, Chris is a, if if Chris is a man. Um, yeah, yeah. So, so what were what were a couple of things that he was walking you through? Um, one that we've we've
1: spoken about recently, we spoke about it on the morning of um, the national three k, which happened about a month ago. Um, and I was sort of you know saying to Chris like, hey, you know, like i'm feeling really good training's going really well um you know i feel really good this morning but th- you know i still know there's the potential that i you know get out there and things don't go to plan and um chris used the analogy like you know sometimes you're when you're baking a cake like you throw all the ingredients in and you measure them perfectly and you've got the cake mix they're perfect um but when you go to bake the cake you know sometimes there's things that you know are inside your control and outside of your control. Like sometimes you might turn the heat up too much and then you burn the cake a little bit or you know maybe the power goes out um, and then your oven switches off. And so there's things inside and outside your control which determine the outcome of the cake. And so and that was just really freeing again because I could control the things that I could control and the things outside of my control, sure, they'll affect Mm -hmm. the outcome of the race, but that's okay um and then something which i haven't discussed with chris but i realized as well was that using that analogy um also made me realize that if, if like if running is like making a cake like i'm not the cake and i'm not the race um and so something that i realized as well was that like racing is something that i do not something that i am which again is is probably you know a, a bit deep and uh, something that really only clicked recently. But it's so easy when you know you're, you're surrounded in this bubble of running, um, and you know you check check your Instagram and it's all just running, 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 running. And then it's so easy to think that like I I am the runner and that my value and self worth is based on you know the outcome of these races. And um, yeah, I realised like wow, you know I'm not the race, and so I could take a step back from that. And again, I don't get it perfect every time, but it's just nice to have something like that to fall back onto and that there's other areas of my life as well, which, man. yeah, you know, uh, just as fulfilling as well. Yeah.
0: Really well said. That's a, that's a really great analogy, man. It's a, uh, it is incredible. I remember I actually spoke about this on the podcast last week was, and you just mentioned like, like my whole world was running. Like I wasn't running as fast as you, but uh, I had every intention to, do you know what I mean? Like I was out there, I was doing the yep. training and, uh, I was training. I may as well have been like the best of the best in athletes in the way that I trained. Like that's how much time I was dedicating to it. But um, one of the things that I was I was really aware of was if I had a bad race, my mood for that week would just be down in the dumps and I'd be flat and probably a little bit like you after you know a couple of those races you had before you you started to see Chris. And uh, man, one of the things and, and this is something I wish I was sort of told when I I was a runner. Is, is once I, I finished competitive running in, I think it was 2014. And uh, I reckon the next 12 months, I, I was so boxed into the world of running that like, if you ran fast, in my eyes, you were just a legend. If you ran slow, I was like, ah oh, man, whatever. I didn't really have all the time in the world. But then you got out of running, man. And it was so funny. I remember going to people in 2013, Ryan Gregson was at his best. And I would speak to someone outside the running world, and I was like, "Oh yeah, do you know Ryan Greeks, the fifteen hundred meter runner?" They're like, "Dude, I've got no idea who you're talking about." And I was like, "Yeah, dude, he's the best. He's the best fifteen hundred meter runner Australia's ever seen. You don't know? Like, I've never heard of him." And for me, what like it, it was so free. And that's not to discredit Ryan, because obviously in the scene, he's he's got he's incredible. Like you don't need to justify that. I say that at more as a lesson to myself, where I, I put these people on a pedestal based on how fast they were running, based on how on the PBs that they had, and outside of the running world, no one no one really knew him. Whereas if I was in a race with him, I'd be intimidated just to be in the locker room. I'd be intimidated to see. I'd get nervous <laughs> if I met him. It was I put him on this massive pedestal, which he, he like he probably deserved in in terms of what he had achieved. But but for me, I, I left the sport and I had these conversations, and I was like, man, there's just. There's so many other things outside of running that are interesting and that you can find meaning in. Yeah, And, and uh, where, whereas I think a lot of us do make that mistake, like you said, where we, we base our quality as a person on how fast we ran last week or how fast our, our particular personal best is. So I, I think the fact that you've sort of got a grasp of that when you're not even at your peak yet is a, is a really powerful thing. It's something, something that'd be cool to come back to, in the future is, is is that something that you sort of like can you relate with what I'm saying a little more there?
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And again, yeah, like I said before, like there's moments where you don't um, you know, like you sort of forget about it. And then again, it's so easy to get like, of course, who isn't flat after they have a bad race or don't yeah. perform quite how they want to and whatever they're doing. Um, but it's just about knowing, well, okay, that's you know, that's not who I am. It doesn't have to tie me down um but yeah again you know i've had a couple of you know races that didn't quite go to plan this season and again it's, it's been an effort to just go okay no this isn't who i am but again you can eventually get there at least you've got that idea or that goal that you can aim for rather than not knowing where to go next and
0: it all being a bit aimless yeah i feel like it's so freeing that idea or just that one liner like i'm not this race it's uh yeah. It's such a powerful, it's such a powerful thing. I heard a bloke a while ago. It was actually a, uh, I can't remember who it was, but he said, don't let the good times go to your head and don't let the bad times go to your heart. Because a lot of us will, will go out and we'll have a bit, a good race and we'll strut around like we're the Kings. and uh, And then the reverse is true when we have a bad day. It's like, it's nice to find a, a, an almost neutral ground to go, Hey, it was a great race. It was a good breakthrough. I've been working hard. Great. Let's just keep going. Uh, not saying don't celebrate it but then also on those bad days don't don't bury your head in the sand and not want to see anyone and and not want to go out and train and I feel like because I'm a fairly emotional guy man and um (laughs) uh, like a lot of the time I would have a bad race and I'd call Adam and I'd be like oh everything's broken he's like mate shut up like you just you've been sick or (laughs) whatever it was you would offer a little bit of practical guidance whereas uh yeah. It, it's amazing how, how much of a swagger you can get in your step after a good race, but the the reverse is also true. It, it's interesting, man. I, I think it relates to every area of our life. I'm, I'm not sure. This is actually something I'm keen to talk to you about. Cause Adam mentioned that you might've had a little bit of a, a dabble in this industry, but the stand up <laughs> comedy scene is, is my new, is my new big focus, my new big love. And um, I went out yeah, yeah. and I, I did two gigs last night. One of them was horrific. The other one was good. And uh it's amazing man at the start when I bombed it was it was the same experience as running a bad race but then when I when I did really well it was the same experience as having a good race but what is true is is now my Instagram is no longer filled just with runners but there's a whole heap of comedians and that same little battle um it goes on in your mind you'll see someone who's a couple of years ahead or maybe a little bit better naturally or whatever else and it's hard not to just comparison's a massive thief of joy in any industry, isn't it? It's just nice to be able to focus yeah. on your own journey and go, all right. Um, uh, you know, as long as I'm seeing improvement in my own performance, not to go too far off track. I wanted to ask you about that. So what, no. what was Adam talking about when he was telling me about your stand up comedy credentials? Can he reckons <laughs> that you, you planned a gig or you've done a gig or story.
1: Oh, geez. So look i'm i'm not i'm not as brave as you at this stage where i i haven't actually gone and done a gig that the idea of that is uh, mildly terrifying i'm just yeah something i've got to work towards but probably about 3 years ago i had had a mini midlife crisis and i thought you know what i want to be a, a stand up comedian and i just want to do like one gig tick it off the bucket list um, and so i got a mate uh, and i was like like you know they do these open mic nights down in like you know down in the city. Um do you want to come along to one of them? And I wanted to like suss it out and sort of, you know, see how how it all worked. Um and then, yeah, then um, I went along and watched and I was like, oh geez, yeah, like these guys are pretty funny. And then I went away, tried to write my own material, um, tried it on a few people and realized, oh geez, I'm not I'm not very funny. I'm gonna throw some background approval. <laughs> um and then anyway and then anyway, I think it was about last year. Um, one of my friends, for one of her uni assignments um, at like Adelaide Uni, were putting together like a like a festival of some sorts or like um, you know like a, a small show. Her role was you know find people to um, you know do like you know performances, you know whatever it was. Um, and she said like, oh, you know, would you want to do a stand up comedy show? And my knee jerk reaction was, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and so I was like, lock me in, lock me in. Uh, <laughs> Went away again, same sort of thing. I'm like, I actually, I'm not, I'm not as funny as I, as I like to think I am. Yeah.
0: Um, Me either. So. Just for what it's worth. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure you go alright. And then, thank goodness the um um that that side of her assignment got handled onto someone else. And I wasn't lucky. Oh, I was. I was honestly sweating bullets. It was the biggest relief. Um, so like I'm. It's still, something that I de- definitely want to do, but I-, I think maybe a bit more life experience. Um, <laughs> and then yeah, maybe when I have an actual midlife crisis, that's something <laughs> I can do. Uh, it's but, funny you say well, that. I, I did, think...
0: oh, sorry, go on, man. You go.
1: Oh, I was just saying, I just love, like, love watching stand up comedy, like my YouTube algorithm, Netflix. Um, you know, it's all just like, like, I love Ricky Gervais, and oh, bro. Uh, like, I think. Yeah. People like him. People like him. Like are just naturally funny and then very clever. I, I just like you sort of see that and you're like, oh, I want to be like that. But then just the the effort to get there is
0: yeah, tough going. Oh my gosh, man, dude! Next time when you're in Melbourne, if you're up for it, send me a message and we'll uh, we'll go out and you don't have to do it. You can go out and just have a we'll, we'll check out a couple of open mic gigs because there's some good ones around here. But if you happen to have five minutes, I'll sneak your name down on the. uh on the on the list as well, and, and and surprise you, I actually I got a mate in uh, one night. He just got tagged in a Facebook post saying that he was on the list, and he was like, "Dude, oh. I don't want to do it." And he's like, "Well, I a, your name's on the list, so we're going to go down together. So I might have to do that and uh, and broaden your your resume with a with a couple more stand up comedy gigs." But that's interesting, man. Yeah, because Adam Adam said I had to ask you about your uh, your stand up comedy credentials, so I wanted to know what the story was there. I like your taste, man. Ricky Gervais is the uh, he's the man. I think he's got a new show coming out this this year. Oh right, yeah, I'm I'm not on top of that, but yeah, the more content out there for me to just binge watch, the better. I reckon, so. <laughs> do you uh, do you run with podcasts or anything in your ears when you're out on a on an easy run? Do you like to do you oh. like to listen to anything? Are you a podcast man, a comedy man, or do you just sort of uh you sort of like the the sound of silence and footsteps?
1: Most runs that I do, I don't have anything in my ears. Um, just yeah, you know any, anything up to an hour, I find I can sort of do by myself. This tracks even like sort of you know heading away for races and stuff um you know like for example this weekend you know you fly back on the sunday and you don't get to do your long run with your mates so then it's sort of you know i'm long running by myself and i'm pretty tired and cranky from the plane flight um and so yeah i'll either throw like music or podcasts in funnily enough like the podcast that i listen to um probably line up a bit with what we've spoken about today so like first of all like I love, like love the Hamish and Andy podcast. Um, They're the kids, like, man. They're so uh, good. Thank listen, you. listen to it religiously. I've, you know, I've subscribed. So I listen to all their old radio shows as well. Um, I, I go to bed listening to Hamish and Andy. Um, like it's, it's like, yeah, that's, that gets me through a run. And I've got a couple of episodes, which I'm saying they just get me laughing every time. <laughs> so like, doesn't matter if it's the hundredth time I'm listening to it. Um, you know, it's still good quality. Um, and then the other one which I've got onto recently, there's the uh, high-performance podcast with a couple of, couple of British guys. I've only listened to a couple of episodes, but, um, again, Adam recommended one of them. Um, and, and, yeah, they're really good. A lot, of their, a lot of the stuff that they talk about, they interview, you know, high-profile sports, um, like athletes or, um, you know, just people at the top of their game and how they've got there. Um, and there's always some really good takeaways Mm. from their episodes there whether it's about you know gratitude or mindfulness or um you know the state of flow that they're in when they're you know at their at their peak performance and um yeah i I find those ones i have to be quite mentally switched on to get the takeaways but then yeah Hammond and andy it's like you know i can be um almost a zombie going out for my long runs and you know I still get a giggle every now and again (laughs)
0: Yeah, yeah. they're they're the kings my brother-in-law is uh is obsessed with I am too to be honest they're they're so good and they just seem like good blokes as well actually um you might be interested I saw I don't know how recent it is I saw do you know Hugh Van Seilenberg? yeah 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 I just saw yesterday uh, a little clip that came up uh, the imperfects I think Hamish was on was on Hugh's podcast so I'm, I'm pretty keen to listen to that one but I, I don't know if you're a yep. fan of uh, the the boys by themselves just Hamish or just Andy but if you are might be worth one checking out because it uh, sort of combines a, a couple yeah, of cool. things that we've spoken about I can imagine it'd be an interesting one. Um, how are you feeling yeah, about no, this so weekend? Funny. How are you were uh, so you, did you say you're racing 1500?
1: Yeah that's right this weekend um, yeah it's it's a bit of a um, bit of an unknown so I did the I did the mile at the Melbourne track classic, and then I did the 1500 a bit later at the Box Hill classic. And they were both those were the couple of races which I just misfired a little bit for, for different reasons. Um, and then, yeah, that I was just again, I sort of fell into that trap of, oh, well, you know, I'm not running well, I'm not running well. And then um, last weekend was the National 5K, which again, a bit longer. Um, and I, yeah, you know, I raced really well, I executed it about as well as I could, um, came fourth, which is. The best I've come in a nationals race, so you know I sort of got back on the horse, and so yeah, again, this this race tomorrow is sort of um, I don't know how I go, um, yeah. which I'm I'm comfortable with, just because you know my last couple of 15s haven't been that great, um, but you know you know that 5k went okay, Oops, excuse me, um, yeah, and so um, yeah, Matt Clark's going to be racing as well, so it's a bit comforting having. Having one of my training partners there that'll make a difference um, and yeah like I know I can run fast it's just oh let's let's see if tomorrows the day to do it or not yeah,
0: yeah awesome man awesome what do you um, what's your current PB for 1500
1: uh, 341
0: um, so yeah the, the state record
1: in South Australia is 339. Um, oh, so, it's,
0: in, it's in danger um, it's in danger man if all the uh if all the things come together I've got no doubt you can run yeah. faster than 339 it's just um I know what you mean it's just you got to see things come together and and so that, that's exciting man I reckon uh, that that record's under a lot of threat but Clarkie would be around the mark as well wouldn't he I don't know what he's run for for 1500 but would, would you guys be shoulder to shoulder or have one of you got a slight edge over that distance yeah, so Clarky's
1: PB is three forty-two. So okay. I've, I've just
0: got the edge on him there. But then every, I think every
1: fifteen race that we've done, he's just beaten me. So um, this season, I've started to like I, I knocked him off in a five k um, on the track, and you know I've sort of I edged him out in the national three k only just. So like we're really we're really neck and neck when it comes to races on the flat. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm keen to just yeah battle it out with him at the very least, even if I have a stinker. Uh, you know I reckon.
0: Hopefully, I can knock him off. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> awesome, man! No, that's nice. That's exciting. I'm, I'm looking forward to that one as well. Yeah, I watched you. I watched your national 5k the other day, man. I thought I thought it was an unreal race But uh, not like even the whole race, but just the way you ran. You looked. You did. I, I feel like you. You see certain athletes come through, and and obviously your progression over the last couple of years. You've won some good races now, but but you look as though you believe you just completely belong in that scene. Like to see you just running against the likes of sort of big Rambo and a couple of these guys who've been on the international stage now for a few years. I I get excited when I see an athlete approaching a race, the way you're approaching races. Cause I'm like, oh, okay, I, I feel like there's big breakthroughs coming. So um, is there, is that sort of the gut feeling? Because whenever I, whenever I had a breakthrough race or whenever I had a breakthrough performance, it always amazed me uh, initially when I was running against guys who used to smash me. I remember um I remember when I ran my my 3k pb back in 2010 uh, there was a couple of guys behind me where I was like hey I didn't I didn't realize I could I could tear you up and then it, it changed my approach to or it changed my mindset when I got onto the start line in the future because I was like oh well I've beaten these guys before I'm at least in the race but has there been like a transition period to you looking at a bloke like Rambo going man like he's a great athlete now looking at a, me, a bloke like Rambo and go all right tactically how do I beat this guy because that's sort of the conversation that it looks like must be happening in your head because as I watched, I was like, "Oh no, he's he's there to win this thing. Like he he knows he can win it if he runs, you know, to his highest highest ability." And as you said, you finished fourth, which was which was unreal. But fourth in an unreal quality race.
1: Yeah. No, thanks. That's um.
0: Yeah, it's it's
1: interesting. Um, like heading into the, I don't I don't know what it was, but heading into the national three k, which again was about a month ago, was the first time that I looked at a field and like that was like really good quality. And I turned to, turned to Adam and said like, you know, I, I think I can win this, you know, I'm in with a chance. And he was like, brilliant. You know, that's what I want to hear from him. And obviously, yeah, I didn't, I came fifth, um, but I, you know, ran a massive PB um, and, and I think like, again, having Adam as my coach, like the, the race plan that he gives me, I know will always um, put me in the best position to to go and win. Um, and so, yeah, you know, like Adam will give me like a race plan that, you know, there's plan A and then, you know, a few little tweaks about, you know, if this move happens, you know, you got to do this, but really, you know, and this is going to put you in the best position to win. And then, so when I'm on the start line, I'm I'm not, again, it's sort of like that process versus outcome. You know, someone like Matt Ramson or Sam McIntyre you know, I know that they're a better quality athlete than I am Um, and just like their track record and, you know, what they've achieved in the past. Like I'm well aware of that, but I'm just like, well, if I can execute my plan as well as I can, I'm going to be in with a shot to knock knock them off. And so again, like you sort of look at the race the other week and yeah, I didn't beat them. Um, And probably, you know, nine times out of 10 or 99 times out of a hundred, you know, at this stage I'm probably not going to beat them, but it's just like, well, yeah, why not give it a crack? Let's just see if it's their off day or let's see if I'm on fire. Um, and yeah, like some days, you know, it comes off and other days it doesn't and it goes terribly wrong and you go backwards. But um, yeah, like again, like it just ultimately it boils down to like running's fun. And so mm. like if I can beat as many people or um, yeah, you know, claim as many scouts as I can, like, you know, that's that stuff that you tell your grandkids sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, and, and even... Even the other, the other night, I, I, I hit the front um, probably a lap earlier than me and Adam had sort of talked about. Um, and just because there was, you know, someone tripped and we all sort of got shuffled through and I found myself at the front last, it, it took me about 200, 300 metres. I was just like, you know, shit, I'm at the front here. Like, you know, this isn't this isn't what I want. It's too early. But then I've just like relaxed and, you know, like settled into my rhythm. I was like, okay, like stick to the plan. Um, and then after about 300 metres of, worrying that i was at the front i remember thinking like i'm at the front of the national 5k with four laps to go like how good is this like let's make the most of it um and again i got out kicked at the end but yeah it's still like it's still a pretty cool memory to have man what was that last lap running um so i think matt and
0: Sam ran it in about 53 seconds. Oh, I thought um, it was 53. Like, that's such an insane yeah. – it's such a – like, in fairness, I'm not saying in, in, you know, 12 months you're not going to be able to do that, but if you're going to get out kicked, get out kicked with a 53 last lap. <laughs> it's not a bad thing. Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: Yeah, I, I ran 58 seconds for the last lap, and I, I watched it back, and I got made to look silly. Like, it was um, just – I looked like I was going backwards. Like, that was – Really impressive top end speed, and in the call room afterwards, I, I was sitting next to Sam Mackenzie, and I was just like, "Like how how do you run that fast?" Like I just couldn't wrap my head around. It. Like I thought oh, I was going all out, and he he was just like, oh, "I've been you know training a bit longer than you have." And I was like, "That's true, actually." So it is true. Yeah, it's it's a good point. It's, I'm glad he played it's... the
0: humble card, but it's also it is true.
1: <laughs> yeah, rather than saying, "Oh, I'm just real good," like I'm so good at running. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, but. I suppose that's the other thing as well is that like you know um, i'm i'm twenty two like i'm a, I'm obviously not a junior anymore but you know like i'm I'm definitely not at my physical peak so again it's that just like that opportunity of like well I can't do it yet but there's no reason why I can't in you know five or six years time so let's mm. work towards that yeah
0: awesome man no that's unreal dude i uh, I honestly could talk to you for another hour and a half I got my eyes on the clock though because I'm on i was so glad you said that we could uh, we could do 11.30 because uh, my my wife's pregnant with our second kid. She's got her scan today. So I said, all right, I'm gonna oh, be right. the best husband you can imagine. Uh we'll we'll leave. We're on a tight schedule. So I've just looked at the clock and realized I'm I'm probably gonna have to uh rock and roll. Otherwise, uh she might be raising no, that kid we'll as be... a single mum and I'll be uh, kicked out of the house. congratulations on the second child. Thank you, man. Thank you, brother. But dude, honestly, um I would love to do a round two with you where we can uh where we can, you know, touch base and maybe in another six months or something after. The rest of the season's done. I'll, I'll shoot you another message, and, and if you're keen to jump back yeah. on, we'll do it. Because, uh, mate, as I said, there's so many other things I'd love to be able to tap into with you. But but for round one, let's uh, let's hang up the gloves there. We'll say we'll, we'll say done and dusted, and uh, and I'll no, shoot you a message in six months and, and see if you're keen for a round two. No,
1: that sounds brilliant. Yeah, no, thank you so much for having me on. It's been yeah, like fun to chat.
0: Oh man, I'm such a. It's just so good because I uh, I there's certain conversations you have in uh, Instagram inboxes where you're like, all right, I don't want to be that bloke who just keeps messaging him if he's politely trying to say he's not interested. But the, that. <laughs> the fact that we could get it done, I'm, I'm currently in a conversation with uh, with uh, 1500 meter. Uh, you'll know who he is, but for those listening, Nick Willis, the New Zealand 1500 runner. And uh, yep, about yep. three weeks ago, he goes, yeah, mate, we'll, we'll, I'll come on. Looking forward to it. And I said, all right, how does next week sound? And he goes, hey, message me in two weeks because the next the next sort of two weeks are flat out. And I messaged him, and it's been unseen. So I sent him one more, still unseen. So I'm like, all right, I'm just going to have to hold up a few months because otherwise, I'm just going to develop this reputation of being the bloke who, who I just keep like a creepy teenage kid trying to hit on his girlfriend, <laughs> sneaking <laughs> into inboxes that I'm not welcome in.
1: Oh yeah. Oh, well, you can only shoot your shot and go for <laughs> the arrow.
0: Yeah. All right, brother. Hey, right, best of luck this weekend, man. I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing the result, and uh, I'm 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 kind of got my fingers crossed to see that South Australian record go down. But hey, 48 hours, we'll know. Cheers. Yeah, no, thanks, mate. Appreciate it.